0: Paul I like the mic turned up nice and loud that's fantastic well good morning how are we everybody great to see you in church can we have a round of applause for our amazing musicians this morning I found worship amazing thank you so much for leading us. sensitivity there Um, I feel like I've connected with God who feels the Holy Spirit is here presence of God is here this is amazing and if you're here for the first time a very very warm welcome I remember the first time I stepped in church, I was like, what are them lot doing putting their hands up in the air? But now I know that it's a good thing. I remember the first time I ever went into church for about the first three months, all I could do was cry. And I was thinking, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? And over the few months after that, I knew that that, for me, was a way of connecting with God. As I was crying, I felt that God was healing me as I was worshipping. It was a great experience. And I thank God uh, that he's doing some great stuff in the life of the church. Well, you know the preacher always preaches better when he gets an amen, and that's good. And lots of round of applause. Thank you. It's going to be great today. And uh, speculate to accumulate. I just want to take a moment to say how beautiful you are, Joe. These 10 years have been the best 10 years of my life. I love it when we spend time reading, writing poetry to each other. I love it when we dance in the uh, meadows, picking flowers. I love it when I pull out my harp in the morning and play you some new songs. I love it when you let me comb your hair, and I love it when you comb my hair. Looking forward to tonight, babes. Right, who's too religious here? Look at me, and like I said, "Well, Pastor can do that." Well, it's great. I love Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of it. I love it. And um, this week, I've had a great week coming back from holiday. We had a few weeks off, which was fantastic. I won't bore you of our Australia tales. Yes, we went to Australia for free. Thank you. <laughs> Philip says thank you. Yeah. Um, but when you come back, who notices that when you come back to your house, it always looks a bit different when you come back from holiday, don't you? Mainly because the garden grows and the plants go a bit wild. And this week on Thursday night, I got all um, kind of like, um, who's that famous gardener bloke? Charlie (laughs) Dimmock, Charlie Dimmock. (laughs) I got all Charlie Dimmock this week. Uh, Alan Titchmarsh, him as well. Whoever you put your own name in there. And uh, I looked at my garden to see the state of it; that it had bursted at the steams, There was plants, there was weeds, there was flowers. It was all over the place, and it got me thinking about being planted. Got me thinking about being planted. How we can be planted? There's different ways to be planted. You can plant, plant plants, flowers. Trees, you can plant a smacker on someone's cheek. I remember as a 13-year-old going away to a whiz kids' club in Greece, and I had a little soft spot for the lady who was running the kids' club. And I remember on my 13th birthday, I was cheeky then, I'm cheeky now. I went over to her, and she said, happy birthday. What would you like for your birthday? I said, plant one here. (laughs) She turned around to me and gave me the biggest kiss. And I'll tell you what, I remember it to this day. (laughs) Every time you plant something, there is fruit from it, people. We are called to be people of God who plant things in other people's life. And to recognize that we are planted. When we are planted into good soil, that's when the action is. That's when good things grow. Can we have an amen in the house? Do you know, here's one for all you, <coughs> excuse me, the gardeners out there. The Rafflesia arnildi is the largest plant in Indonesia. It's a huge plant. But shall I tell you what, this biggest plant in the world, it only blooms for six days a year and is incredibly hard to find. Whereas you put that plant against the olive tree, one of the most faithful trees that gets planted. Olive trees and its fruit is the soul of the Mediterranean. Who loves some olives? Who had to go through that awkward stage of like eating olives for about a month until you finally taste buds got into them and they like them? I want to say to you, if you don't like olives, do it. Just keep going, go through the pain barrier of a month of going, not oh, these olives, wow, hallelujah. Honestly, olives, it's just like you acquire a taste for them. But check this out, they are the soul of the Mediterranean. It has watched, the olive tree has watched kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. It has lived through a hundred droughts. And though they may date back to the time of the ancient Romans, still every year they produce fruit. Every year they produce fruit. You see, these trees thrive in places where others wither. And they produce olives in all seasons in your life. That's what I want you to be like, the olive tree. Having fruit in every season of your life. Even when you go through the hardest time when you're on the droughts, I actually believe your hardest challenges in your life, that's when the best fruit comes out of you. That's where you discover who you really are. we go going through uh, um, some terrible uh, times with our, our three-year-old at the moment. <laughs> Hence Joe's prayer earlier. He's quite lively, everybody, Smith. And we love him dearly. He's a gift from God. But it is a challenge amongst that. We're going through a hard season of his life. But even in that barrenness, we're believing that sometimes you have to say, no one else can help me. It's only God can do it. That is what I want us to be like as a church. I want us not, we're simply called not just to survive, but we're called to thrive in every season of our life as Christians. Can we get an amen? I think that's a spontaneous round of applause, everybody. We want you to bear fruit in every season of your life. I want you to be like an olive tree. All this gardening chat got me thinking, what's about my favourite psalm? Psalm 92 verse 13, those who are planted in the house of God will flourish. Guys, today I want to talk about being planted, being planted in the house of God. What's that mean? Being rooted in community, hanging out with friends who know God, being in this place we call community, being in this place we call church. I believe that that is the best place that you were to thrive in your life, to be committed, to be sold out, to be passionate about this thing called church, this community that we are placed us in. We all know that this is not, it's not the building. Even when we get our building, it's not going to be the building. Church is a people, it's you and me. It's a family, it's a tribe, it's an army, it's a warriors, it's a bunch of beautiful people, crazy as we are. We believe for you to thrive in your life, not just survive, you need to be planted in the house of God. God loves you intimately, he loves you passionately, and this is his design for you to thrive in community, in friendship. He's always working even when we can't see it. He loves us too much to leave us how we are. Kingdoms will come and kingdoms will go. I feel like singing a song on that one. But God's A plan is the church It's everlasting. It's always been his plan and it always will be his plan. Can we have some amens in the house? When it all fades away and it's you and God and you say say to God, how did you get on? And you say, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. That's gold, that is. Planted in a house. That's God's plan. That's always his plan. So I'm going to talk today about being planted. i love you to get your notebooks out, to get your phones out, to scribble down some notes. I'm going to drop you with some bombs in here this morning. Thank you. That's one person with their notepad out. I love you. Thank you for the interactivity over here, everybody. Church comes from the Greek word in the Bible called ecclesia meaning an assembly of people or a gathering of believers. It's a fusion of people coming together. Let's make this really clear that church is not the building. Church is the people. It's you and me who believe. We haven't got it always right. That's why the church can sometimes get itself into trouble because we are broken people. We don't always get it right. But as a community of believers, we are the church. We are the ecclesia, the gathering of believers. Let's make it clear, church is people, it's not a building, who are called for purpose. We're not just a bunch of people who can hang out together, that's good, I love it, I want to encourage that. Let's invite more and more people around our house. But we are called to a purpose, we're called to build God's kingdom. That means bring heaven down to earth, to see healing, to see goodness, to see people released from debt, to see people healed of their illness and their sickness. To see people discover Jesus Christ and the fullness of life that is in Jesus Christ. That's where the gold is. That's what's going to bring you to life. So what is this when we talk about church? Three really quick things. When we gather together as a church community, I love Sundays. I think it's the highlight of my week. That's what we tell all of our kids. We say, Sunday fun day. We're up. We're ready for it. Come and bring your best. Um, And that's our heartbeat. That's what we want to do. So what is it? Three things. As we come together as a community of believers, it's not just about the Sunday gathering, although there is an immense sense of community and momentum you can get from being together on a Sunday. We always want to protect this gathering. I don't mind if it's in the afternoon or in the evening or in the morning, but we want to protect this day, this gathering time together. So number one, it's ministry under God. So what do we do when we gather together here on a Sunday? We praise, we worship, we magnify his name. Why do we set up this stage? It's not for us. It's for God. Now, does God need it? No, he doesn't. But I want to be, I want to bring the best for God. Because I want to create an atmosphere where everybody who comes in this place can meet with a living God. Why? Because when you meet with God, things change in your life. As you magnify the name of Jesus Christ, as you make your life bigger, his presence grows in your life. Have you ever had it when you're going through something and you're coming into church or you may be sitting around in your car and you put some worship music on and you praise and praise and praise. The more you praise, it doesn't matter about your song, the more you give God the glory, the more you put him in his rightful place. Everything else just goes into insignificance. Does anyone ever have that? We've been through this challenging court case at the moment and it's been a real stress and a real drama. We've had to pay out a lot of money, and we don't feel it's just. We don't need it to feel it's fair. But we've kept raising a hallelujah, and this week we got some great news. After paying out 54,000 pounds, we got a court case that said, um, that came back to us and said, yes, it is legal. You were in the wrong, and we, we were, sorry, we weren't in the wrong, no. We were saying we were in the right, and the money through a compensation scheme is legally going to come back to us. Thank God. Now, as we're going through it, sometimes we didn't feel like praising. But we, well, we always felt like praising because that's who we are. But as we praised more, it just fell down the thing. And I, I didn't even forgot about it. <laughs> Thank God. Because he'd removed it from me. But we are thanking God to say, that money's coming back to us. Glory to God. It's not just about that. But as you magnify him, as you put him in your rightful places, things forget. You can forget about things that you're going through your life. So what is it? Number one, it's ministry under God. We do this to say, God, you are worthy. We put you in your rightful place. This is about Jesus Christ. We're not putting on a concert for us. We're putting on the best and the glorious for God because he is worth it. He loves you. He's passionate about you. Can we have an amen in the house? Number two, as we gather together as a church, it's ministry to others. So as we proclaim the truth of God, as we speak of his glory, as we come from the word of God, it strengthens the believers. That's what it does. Hopefully, as so I'm bringing you a word from God, what I feel he's spoken with, it's strengthening you in your life. As you're getting prayed for, it's strengthening you under the ministry of God. I love it. Um, in Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians, he says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. So when you know God and when you pray to him and when you encounter his truth, things change in your life. Some people don't understand it. I tried to talk to my dad about the power of God and it's like, wow, he, he doesn't get it. Because he hasn't opened himself up for it. For us who are believers, it's the power of God that changes us. And he transforms us. I love it. Ministry under God. Ministry to others. And thirdly, it's ministry to this world. As we gather, we meet with God. He speaks to us. He makes us whole. He equips us. He changes us. And then we are going out there to tell everybody about the good news of Jesus. That he loves them. That he died for them. That he's got a plan for them. That he can give hope. He can bring hope and a future He can release you from your troubles. He can forgive you of your sins. That's the best news you ever talk about. That's what Sam was talking about this morning. Can I have an amen in the house? That's forgiveness. That's life. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life in all its fullness. Boom. There you go. This should be the place where you find life and you can thrive to the best for God. Can we have an amen? As we become more like Jesus, as we minister to this world and we fall in love with him, then we go out of here and we scatter to tell others to influence them for the kingdom. We are sent into the world to rescue it. We are not called to keep it a secret and we are not called to judge it. We are called to love our mates who don't yet know Jesus Christ. Come on. That's what we're called to do. Love it. Are you with me, everybody? Church is described in the Bible as many things. This is kind of a preview to we are starting our partnership uh, series in the 1st of September. We're doing a five weeks on partners, what it means to be a partner of a live church. And this is a bit of a preview about being planted in here. So church is described in the Bible as many things, over 98 descriptions. And as I talk about this, you all relate to one of them. You might think, yeah, that's what what I think about um, church. Some of them are army. We're out there to make a difference. We're an army. We're on the front row. You might get your caps and your energizers who are going out there and saying, yeah, we're an army. We're a tribe for purpose to doing stuff. Some people might say it's a body. We're all different. We have different flavors that we can bring. Some people call it the temple. We're here to meet in the temple of God to create um, life with him. It's called the bride. It's called the family. Yet yeah, in Ephesians five twenty-five, it's called the bride of Christ. And it says this, Ephesians 5.25. We all know the, the verse where it says, uh, wives, submit to your husbands. But then it goes on later. It to talks to this, husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You see, that's what Jesus thinks of the church. He loved the church so much that he gave his life up for the church. There's passion there. That's a bride. There's a looking after. Too many times we go, wives, submit to your husband. Well, I know what would we, we rather have, uh, being submitting to someone else, or actually as a bloke, you've got to die for your wife and the bride of Christ? It's no competition, is it? What would you rather do? It's all gone a bit quiet out there, hasn't it? <laughs> you see, blokes, I want to encourage you. If we're seeing in the Bible, there's a bit about saying about wives submit to your husbands, and husbands, you've got to live a life that is worth submitting to. You've got to be blokes who are called... With passion, with drive to see the kingdom come, can't submit to something that you don't believe in, and the the guy isn't going for it passionately. We work in teams as well. But I tell you what, I love that verse where it says here, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We've got to be people who give ourselves up for the church. Too many times, the church has a bad reputation in our society, doesn't it? People talk about it. Oh, you go church. Because they don't understand what the church in its fullness should be. But you see, for me, I want us to be people who love our church, who would die for our church, and are called to redeem the church's reputation. We don't just go to church. People, we are the church. I thought I'd get a few more amens on that. You You can tweet that out if you want. We're not just called to go to church. We are the church, living out, scattering out every day. Don't get caught up in doing church. You forget to be the church. I see people who view church as something external or something that they attend and often they will fade away, maybe after a year or two. But then people who have a revelation that we are the church, you never fade away. It's consistently changing and it is our identity as children of God. It's God's A plan. So, in five minutes, I'm going to run through Jamie Mahoney. Get your clock on. I'm going to talk to you about um, how this church being planted in the church. How, what, why it is so great to be planted in this church? Okay, number one, don't moan about. Uh, sorry, no, this is the prelude. Don't moan about the church. You are the church. People, take your responsibility to make her who she should be. The church. Five words of encouragement for you. Are you with me? Number one, be planted. Number one, be planted. I want to encourage you, say thank you. We're honoured that you chose to be here this morning. We know you could be doing 100 different things, but we're honoured. We say thank you for being planted in this house. You will flourish as being planted in this house. If you commit to this community and you commit to this house, commit to this church, your life will flourish. No doubt about it. Be committed to his people and his cause. Be planted. Number two, I want to encourage you, make it home. Make the church community your home. It's like, it's like, I want this to be the safest place. I want this to be the best place. Why have we got a big home banner over there? Because we want people to come in and feel like it's family, to feel like it's home. You come as you are. You don't need to put airs and graces on. You know, you come as you are. And God still loves you. That's a beautiful. That's why it's called Good News, people. You can make it your home. I love our hospitality. We do great hospitality here because we value every person. We want you to feel at home. We want you to feel welcome. We want you to feel part of the family. That's what pulled me into church. When I first became a Christian, when I was about 15 years of age, my mum and dad had just split up at the time, and I was longing for a family. I found that in the church. I found out crazy uncles, aunties, brothers, sisters, mums, dads, spiritual mums, dads, spiritual granddads, spiritual. We've got that in this family. You don't need to feel an orphan. You don't need to feel alone. You are part of our family, and I love it. I don't know what I would be. Maybe the crazy big brother. I don't know what i will be, but you can make that up yourself. Number one, be planted. Number two, make it your home. Number three, being planted in the house creates a dream center. Acts 2 verse 17 says this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy... Your young men will see visions, and your old men and women will dream dreams. Let's create a culture that dreams, people. We should be the number one dreamers as a church. We should be the entrepreneurs who are looking to change the nation. Why not? The Bible says it. I would encourage you to dream, 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 dream. Why not? Why not? Give it a go. I don't want to be known on... My, uh, what, what can you see uh, When I'm on my slab, as Joe talks about, when I'm dead on my slab, and I've got my gravestone there, I don't want to go, this bloke never gave it a go. I want my dash to represent something. That bloke gave it a go the best he could. He dreamed big for God. What are you doing with your dash? I wish I could tap dance. Number two... Creates a dream center. I want to encourage you, church should be a dream center. I want to say dream, 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 dream. Why not? Let's go for it. Let's have some dreams coming out of this place. One of my visions is to see 100 community projects initiated out of you guys here. We've got your caps, your food banks, your butterflies, your blah, blah, blah. I want 100. I want to see that go. I want to create a dream center here. Number four, church is a place for you to flourish. Flourishing comes with encouragement. I want us to be the most encouraging people. I want us to see the best in everyone. I want us to see the gold in that. When you encourage people, when you flourish, you make up a new word called flourishment. I remember preaching this over you, Justin Parker. I want us to be people of flourishment. As we get encouraged, we flourish in that. I want to create an environment that's safe, that is full of love, that is full of encouragement, that is full of inspiration that says, you can do it, I see the best in you. No, no one should ever walk away from church feeling discouraged. I would despise that if anyone thought I walked away going, Oh, I didn't, I don't feel encouraged. I want you to walk out of this place feeling alive and full of it, ready to go for the kingdom. And finally, number five today, I want our church to be a place of intimacy and protection. As you draw close to God, know He loves you. An intimate love where He knows all of our flaws, yet He's still loves us. You are the real deal to him. I believe that God wants to say it to you. You are the real deal for him. You don't have to put your airs and your graces on. He loves you. He wants you to be intimate with him. My fear when people get to know me is sometimes they say, is that it, Dan? That can be a real fear of mine. I know I'm quite good at this inspiring and motivation, but then sometimes they sit down with me and go, oh, is that all you've got, Dan? That's a real fear, a real challenge that I have. You know, as being like a what am I, a sanguine? Uh, yeah, as I'm a sanguine and extrovert. When sometimes my fear is that people are really fine and go, "Oh wow, well, I thought there's going to be a bit more to you than that." <laughs> Joe's mum, when we first met each other, Joe's mum said to Joe, "He's a deep well." <laughs> it took Joe about three months to find out there wasn't much depth in this well. <laughs> I know my calling. I'm not that insecure about it. Honestly, I'm dying in front of you all here. But I'm telling you my fear. But I want to say to you, whatever your biggest fear is about your life, God loves you. And he says you're the real deal. That's exciting. That's good news. Can we have an amen in the house? With intimacy comes protection. When you know that you're in an intimate relationship with God, protection comes. God is a good father. He's not just not going to look after you. He's going to protect you with a fierce protection. I love this, out of 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3 out of the message. This is Paul talking. Pray for us. Pray that the master's word would simply take off and race through the country to be a groundswell of response, just as it did among you. And pray that we will be rescued from these scoundrels, great word, who are trying to do us in. I love it. That's so cockney, isn't it? Paul's getting out there trying to tell people about God. He goes, watch out for these scoundrels who are trying to do us in. I need Neil Markland doing his Oliver impression up here for that one, don't I? People are out to get you, but this is what God says, if I can find it. But the master never lets us down. He will stick by you and protect you from all evil. He's fierce. He's loyal. He loves you. He wants to protect you, and he wants an intimate relationship with you. This place called church should never, this place called church should bring us alive, fulfilled, and a dream station to write our own chapter for God. There's so much to achieve in Him. If the church has ever upset you, I want to apologize. I want to say that's not our intention. That's not the church's intention. If it has ever upset you, I want to ask for forgiveness. And saying don't hold it against us. We're a broken people. But we're trying our best to bring in the kingdom of God. If we've ever upset you, I apologize. We've never intended to do that. That's not in our heart. It's not in our nature. It's not in God's nature. But we are broken people. And I want to say, sorry. And I want to say, be committed. Be planted in the house. That's where your life will flourish. In conclusion, we want you to flourish in your life. We believe that this is the best place to do it. As you find freedom in this community, go and live a life worthy of your calling. Let's shape a culture that in our church is so godly, that is so worthy and has the kiss of God all over it. Let's pray daily for God to move amongst us. Let's be so on fire for God that it attracts people to him. You see, church is a living organization. It's not static. It's constantly changing, but it's people are not the building. Let's get planted in this house, and I believe that's the best place for you to thrive. Amen. People, it's been good to be with you.
1: Well done. That was such a good message. We're Aren't we so blessed to have... A pastor that really genuinely encourages, wants to see the best for us. I love it. You're so good at lifting our eyes, lifting our spirits, and thank you. And it, it probably took me about three days to find out, not three months, that you weren't a deep well. But hey, do you know what? We're grateful. You've got so, so much to bring for the table, to the table, and we're all better off for having you lead us. So thank you so much. So good. I love it. It's all clear cut. Um, I am, however, an overthinker. Have we got any overthinkers amongst us? Great. Those who will go home and think about everything. I'm just thinking that Dan was talking about £56,000 that we paid out. We don't have £56,000, by the way. We borrowed it. So I was sat there thinking, oh my gosh, do people think that we're really rich? So anyway, I'm just going to say that we had to borrow that money. Um, So, yes. Anyway, so brilliant message. Hopefully you are inspired by that to be planted in the house of God. I love that. And that last verse to live a life worthy of the calling. Love that. God's got a calling on everyone's life and to live a life worthy of it. Thank you again, Dan. So we have now got our picnic time, the fun day. It's all set up over there. So we're going to pack down here. What are people to do? Okay, quick cup of coffee, get your kids, bouncy castle, all that kind of stuff. And then maybe after about 15 minutes and you know, everything's packed down and we'll go and head out there for a great afternoon. Hopefully the sun is still shining. Kenneth, are you come? No, you're going there. Oh, yep. Yeah. Oh, one event. Oh, yes, of course. One event Wednesday prayer. We all gather together Wednesday at the showground. Everybody is welcome to go up and to pray for the event. It starts at 6.30, is it, prayer? 6:37. 7.30, if you get there, have a look on Facebook. It'll all be on there. But if you'd like to come and join us to pray for the event, that would be really good. Okay, and then, yeah, see you at the showground. Okay, good stuff. God bless. Have a great week.